welcome to Growing a Business with an evolving regulatory environment, within an evolving regulatory environment. I'm here today with Oliver Tonkin, who is co-founder and general counsel at ECD. Hi, Oliver. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming along today. Perhaps why don't we start with you giving a brief overview of, of your background and the great work that, that you and your colleagues are doing at BCD. Sure. So, I mean, my background is a legal background. I'm a, I'm a 21-year qualified uh, solicitor, English solicitor. Um, my background is mainly kind of corporate, uh, corporate commercial regulatory work, um, both in private practice in a city law firm. Uh, you know, I've, you know, I've worked in financial services businesses you know, really since then. Whether it's M and A or investment, uh, investment advisory, that's really my kind of background. Um, and I mean, I I had the pleasure of setting up BCB with uh, my co-founder Oliver von Lanzberg Sardi in 2017. Uh, we knew each other from business school 15 years ago, so that was that was that was how we sort of knew and we stayed in touch. You know, realized that we realized that we that we had a shared interest in kind of crypto and all things blockchain in in, in 2017. And yeah, thought let's. Let's see. Let's see what we can do in this space. Uh, so that was the genesis of it. Um, and we started as a as a just as a as a brokerage, uh, you know, sort of a, a vanilla brokerage buying and selling crypto for many kind of high net worth customers. We've, we've never really touched retail on the on the on the on, on crypto side of the, at all. There's other people that do it, do that better than us. Um, and I mean, we we migrated into into the more kind of institutional corporate corporate uh, space in 2018. Um, you know, rebranded as, as BCB um, and you know, developed develop the business from there. So where we are today, you know, we still do the, the, the kind of crypto you know, brokerage. Um, again, you know, it's institutional corporate uh, brokerage. Uh, but I mean, our, 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 other, our other business you know, as part of that offering is, 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 the, is providing the kind of payment rails for firms to kind of get in and out of those markets, uh, you know, fit in, fit out in a kind of regulated uh, environments and we, you know, we 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 have institutional license in the UK, um, and we also operate out of out of out of Switzerland, doing 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 something similar. So that's you know, that's what the business looks like you know, today, uh, and it's going it's it's going well at the moment. That's terrific to hear. But thank you so much for that, Oliver. So so perhaps why don't we start with um, your recent funding round? Uh, firstly, congratulations. Yes. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Who were the investors, and what do you see as the short to medium term strategy in regards to these additional funds? That you yeah, so I mean, we we I mean, we've always operated on the basis that we wanted to be to be profitable. Um, you know, there's other businesses that you know raise a bunch of money, burn a bunch of money, and see kind of you know hope hope it works. Uh, and that's and that's a thing. It, but I mean, our, I mean, our view was was always very much we wanted to try and you know, build sustainably, you know, build a critical mass, you know, grow the you know, grow the top line and 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 reinvest that money, which has you know, which has worked very well. Uh, but obviously, if one wants to you know, then take the next level up, that kind of step change up, you know, rather than a incremental growth, uh, you know, we wanted to you know to you know, to find some investors to support that. So. We were lucky enough to to, to raise um, several million pounds from a group of venture capital investors in in February, um, both both US and and um, and and European. So yeah, so the round was led by uh, Blockchain Ventures and North Island Ventures, 
both 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 you know, very respected US VCs, along with uh, Pantera and a firm called called L1, which is a is a is a Swiss Luxembourg based blockchain investor, um, and um, Alex Pack as well, who's a, a, a yeah, very well known US blockchain investor. So they they you know we, we've been speaking to them for you know for a while last year, and they like what they saw, like the you know, like the story, like what we were doing. And yeah, we were very lucky enough to to you know to to get them to sign on the dotted line in in February and um and release the funds. So we're extremely happy with that you know with that milestone in the business. I note that you've released um, a couple of new offerings in 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 the last six months. Firstly, Blink, um, and mm-hmm. a treasury solution. Perhaps um, you can yeah. talk a little bit about these. Sure. So yes. Yeah, so I mean, um, I, I I should add. So the re- I mean, I. I didn't talk about the reason for the funding. I mean, it's 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 a mixture of of growth capital and 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 what we wanted to do was was increase the balance sheet in terms of, of our regulatory capital requirements, both in the UK and Switzerland. That I mean, that was that's the main driver for the investment round. I I should have mentioned that. But um, yeah, in in terms of in, in terms of Blink, so I mean, Blink is an extension of our of our payment rail business, and and it's you know it, it effectively allows you know um, customers that we've onboarded onto our platform to um, transfer funds to each other on our on our platform so instantaneously. So instead of having to you know press the button on a on a bank transfer and kind of wait an hour or a day or whatever, it could just happen straight away. So it's an instantaneous instantaneous um, you know, transfer. So you know if you're a counterparty and you you know and, and and you're looking to trade with one of the exchanges on our platform, you can now do it immediately uh, and you know, with a with a seamless you know. Seamless flow of funds. So that's been just so far. I mean, I mean, everyone, everyone that's 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 on thinks it's great. You know, we're looking to roll it out into in you know, into into a wider footprint, uh, in uh, and some other currencies too. So it's 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 mainly it's mainly currently a UK um, GBP euro and, and Swiss franc, uh, and, and we're adding some new currencies uh, over the next few weeks and months, um, and you know, bringing other people on board. So that, yeah, that that so far has been yeah a successful offering, and it's. It's mirroring some of the kind of USD-based instant settlements uh, you know, offerings that are available in the US, and we're trying to you know, we're trying to mirror that you know, in Europe and, and and elsewhere in the world in terms of other other currencies. So that's that's Blink. In terms of the Treasury, I mean that's a, that's a very recent you know product that we you know, that we've launched, and it's it's really in response to um, the increasing visibility of, of 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 cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, other other crypto assets. You know, conscious that uh, that you know, there are some uh, trailblazers in this space, mainly in the US, that are looking to diversify out of out of out of fiat, out of out of USD and other other currencies. There are you know there, there are always these you know conflation um, inflation concerns. A lot of currencies, you know, Swiss franc and, and euro, obviously are are negative yielding at the moment in terms of of negative interest rates. And so you know, there are firms that have got surplus capital on their on their balance sheets. You know, and they're looking for a, you know, for a, you know, for a home for that, uh, and maybe they want to invest in, 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 in Bitcoin or, or, or possibly dip, you know, dip their toe into, you know, into some of the DeFi markets that are out there to try and increase their, increase the yield on, on, on what they, on the, on balances that they have. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's you know, BCB Treasury is a, is a product designed to cater for those kind of firms that want to, um, you know, want to you know, take that step. Yeah, so uh, I think the timing um, of releasing this this service for for treasuries is is perfect. We've seen 
all the stories, whether it be the Teslas and, and the PayPal's offering services. And if you just go to bitcointreasuries.com, you can see the top three names, MicroStrategy, Tesla, and Square. Yeah. Those are the three. <laughs> yeah, that's the three that are sort of changing the, the viewpoint. And you could you could see a world where all um, listed uh, corporate treasurers would want to diversify their portfolio and hold at least a, a small percentage of, of alternative digital assets um, as, as, as a liquid asset class. Sure. I mean, and, and it's, and it's yeah, whether it's corporates, whether it's, you know, endowments, um, you know, family offices, I mean, I mean, I mean, everyone, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's gone from being uh, I know a crazy idea, frankly, that the people would be people you know, two or three years ago, people would have laughed at you and said, you know, put ten percent of your of your surplus capital into into Bitcoin. But but I mean now, I mean there, you know, there is a you know it, it, certainly we've seen over the last few months an increasing interest in you know in the space from you know from from firms and businesses that you know even a year ago would not have entertained the notion. Mm -hmm. um, I totally agree. I still, I still think there's some, some issues to solve, such as accounting standards um, and, and perhaps to taxation, where there's a, a little bit of friction there. Absolutely, um, yeah. But now that leads us nicely into um, the regulatory landscape. So we know that um, BCD Group is established here in the UK, um, and also you mentioned Switzerland. Um, I understand that you're regulated by the, the, the FCA in the UK as a, as a payment services. Uh, provider under the PSR, the Payment Services Regulator. Yep, correct. Um, and also you're in the temporary regime for the um, yep. uh, money laundering regime, which is a rollout from the EU AMLD5. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about the sort of dual operation in, and, and tell me a bit about what the regime is like in Switzerland, how it perhaps compares to, to the FCA in the UK? Um, okay. Well, I mean, I mean, the, the, yeah, fundamentally, the yeah, the rules around know your customer, know your transaction, uh, yeah, are, are the, I mean, fundamentally, they are the same. I mean, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the Swiss. I mean, we're regulated by what's called the, you know, the BQF in, in Switzerland, which is which is one of the self-regulatory bodies uh, that you know, Finma have, have 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 given authority to you know, to regulate firms under, under that umbrella. Uh, and I mean that's you know, the financial intermediary license, which is, which is the one we've got. Yeah, it, it's 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 been it's effectively been been extended you know, to include crypto trading and and and, and settlement um, within the, within that license. So um, there are a number of firms now that you know, that use you know, the you know, the the SRO financial intermediary you know, regime to you know, to do what you know, to do what what we do in Switzerland. Um, I mean, they were very early. Switzerland was probably you know, the earliest uh, onshore jurisdiction, for want of a better word, that that that, you know, that embraced some kind of taxonomy, and they were very you know, you know, clear about this is if you, you know, if you are doing this, it's okay, but this is what you need to this is what you need to have. Uh, and I mean, their you know, their rules are um, are, are robust uh, you know, for sure. But I mean, it's you know what there is in Switzerland. Yeah, is a very clear regulatory certainty that 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 you know, if you're doing this in this business, you, you you need a license. It's okay, but you need a license, and these are these are the rules that you have to follow. And and I mean, I think that's I think that's what Switzerland's got over probably maybe the UK right now, which is you know, some degree of certainty over over you know the regime. So you know, if you're doing yeah you know, exchange, if you're doing custody, if you're doing security token offerings, you know. We, we, 
whatever you like. I mean, there's a very clear regime, you know, for that activity. Um, and so, you know, and, and you know, we've got, you know, we've had that license since 2018 and, and it's, it's been a, a good one for us to have. I mean, in, in, in terms of the UK, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a slightly, I mean, look, the regime's there, right? I mean, the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the MLD5, um, it changes to the, to the, to, to, to the ML regs, which were made January last year, you know, are, are pretty clear. You know, if, if, you, if you're doing this business, you need to be, you know, you need to have a, 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 a money laundry supervisor license by the FCA. Uh, and you've got to, and you know, we know all about, you know, the, you know there was a you know, priority period for people to, you know, you know, to apply. That's obviously been extended for, you know, for a number of reasons. Um, but I mean, at least there's certainty over over, over what you need. Uh, I think I think I think that you know the challenge in, in this country is obviously being that that that, um, um, that it, it's there's been more firms applying uh, than probably the FCA thought, um, and you know they've set the bar very high. Um, and you know, this is just my experience. I mean, you know, I mean. I, the, I know, you know a number of the firms that you know, that are doing this this activity in in the UK. I don't know. I don't really know any rogues. Uh, I mean, maybe that's just because we set the bar high ourselves, and tons of people that we deal with. But I mean, everyone's trying to do the right thing. I think what what has been difficult for some firms is, you know, a lot of the people that have set these things up are technologists rather than um, sort of you know, regulatory compliance people. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I've got a background in the space, so you know, I I'm I'm kind of pretty pretty comfortable operating in it, but. Um, you know, some firms you know want to come, you know, want to do it, and want to do the right thing. I think they've struggled with um, some of the expectations of the FCA. On, I mean, I mean, I mean, the application process was not an easy one to you know to do. It was, it was, it was onerous. And I mean, I I know what I'm doing. Um, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you don't really understand some of the nuances. Yeah, it's 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 pretty. It's been pretty been pretty difficult. Um, and I think uh, there's what still 100 and something firms on this temporary register we're now at the end of march june's the long stop date um i there isn't really an awful lot there isn't really an awful lot of, of feedback in terms of what that's what's going to happen come come the end of june and i, I think that you know it's not me inside the fca what to do uh, I'm, I'm sure they're they're, they're you know, internally discussing it but i i think i think it would be useful to have some kind of you know update as to where, as to where we are on on that 150 odd People that are you know, that are waiting because I mean some I mean, some firms have been in the waiting room for nine months a year um, since they filed their application. Um, you know, we were lucky. I mean, I mean we've we, we've we've had some Q and A, um, and I mean, we've not had much for the last three or four months. So yeah, I mean I think I think it would be useful to get you know, to get some feedback because again this is just my opinion. I think this is an this is this is an increasingly it's an important area. You know, in the market, and and it would be a shame uh, for lots of reasons if 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 um, people were put off operating here. Because at the end of the day, you can you can operate somewhere else. You don't have to do it in the UK. You can go, you know, to another jurisdiction. Uh, and and once the business is gone, it's gone. It, it it ain't coming back. So there's there's issues around you know you know just being open for business, being 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 a fintech hub. Uh, employment, lots of things uh, that that I would, you know, I think some some degree of, of more overt engagement in in what's going on, I think would be 
would be really useful. Uh, and I'm sure that's happening. You know, I, 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 you know I'm, I'm sure the FCA understand those issues. And I, and I think it would be, it would be great if, if they could come out sooner than later and just give an update as to, as to what's going on. If that's an extension, I don't know, or, or what. But I mean, I think, I think something would be useful. I mean, I saw, I saw your, your letter that you wrote to, the, to Rishi Sunak recently, and I, I didn't disagree with anything in, the, in, that, in that letter. Thank you. Yeah, there's a couple of points I, I like to touch on. We'll come to the, the, the money laundering regime in, in a moment and, and the work the community is trying to do to improve the situation. Um, but it's interesting you mentioned going back to the Swiss regulator, uh, FINMA, and the SRO, uh, self regulatory um, um, organizations and authorities that they set up there. And we know from the work that we do with the FCA here in the UK that they do not perceive that an SRO is, is relevant for, for the crypto asset industry. So it's great to see. The Swiss regulator regulator has been proactive there because um, it's been it's been sort of shut down. I mean, the discussions we've had in the UK, and we even saw uh, the FCA talk about yeah. that. The, um, crypto asset promotions um, consultation was closed at the end mm. of last year. Um, so yeah, regarding the money money laundering um, license, yeah, folks will have will be aware that that we at Crypto UK wrote an open letter to the Chancellor um, in, in the UK. To, to really ask for um, a light to be shone on the issues that, that we're seeing. And as, as you rightly said, it's been a nearly a year and a half since the application has been open and only four out of what we are hearing, 200 applications received, have been approved um, in that period of time. Um, so what we would like is some, some sort of changes to perhaps the high bar that the FCA are having in place, which we've heard from, from many members, that this is being treated more like a conduct regime than an actual um, application regime. Um, we also speak with Treasury on a regular basis. This is Her Majesty's Treasury. We had a roundtable with them last week and brought up um, the particular issues that we're experiencing at, at the FCA. And also to sort of tie into the great weather you do at BCB is banking relationships in the UK. We again wanted to shine a light on the problem that crypto asset businesses in the UK have in obtaining a license. And it's all very well for the British government to come out in the recent budget and the Khalifa FinTech report and talk positively about the UK being the FinTech center, as you, as you mentioned. Um, and also to call out crypto assets, we have a great opportunity because of our um, historical significance in the city of London as a financial capital. Also, uh, we have the technology, we have good access to resources, whether it be capital or expertise or the rule of law and so on and so forth. Um, the, the, there needs to be some work done on the ground and that's what we're seeing with the regulator right now. So if I may sort of turn that into a question, what, what's your, your view, um, Ollie? in regards to what you're seeing in the community for the next year or two with regards to improvements in, in regulation, especially around, around banking, because if it wasn't for, the, for you, lots of crypto businesses would not be able to function because they have no access to payment services. Do you think it'll change once the, <laughs> once the money laundering regime, let's assume come the end of the summer, that a whole graph of applications are approved and everybody is fine and we've thought about it. Do you think banks will have a different risk appetite for crypto? Uh, well, um, uh, selfishly, I, would, I hope not because it, 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 would, it would be bad for us. But I, I, um, I've been asked that question before, uh, before the regime started. And, and, I, and I, honestly, I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, it, it might. Mm. Uh, I think. I think. I think the problem, and it, it's that, this is actually a wider problem than just blockchain. I, I mean, the reality is that that you know, it's very hard to make money if you're a bank with current interest rates being where they are. It's very hard to make money, um, and so um, yeah, any segment that is expensive to supervise, to look after, you know, to consider, it's basically unprofitable. That's, I mean, that's the reality. So unless you're a very, very vanilla business um, and, or, or, you know, or a customer uh, and, 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 a, you know, and a bank can make some kind of money off, off, you know, off deposits you know, that, you know, that you hold or fee or whatever, it's, 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 hard, it's, hard, it's hard for a bank, a bank to make money. You know, banks want to, to put customers in, into very narrow categories of business, mm-hmm. make them at least margin profitable. And I think they perceive crypto. It's partly AML risk, but it's it's the wider thing. You know, there's you know there's lots of I mean, there is a problem with fraud in in in, in crypto market. Well, let's let's be honest. I mean, you know, fraudsters are using exchanges to you know to to, to move money you know, away quickly. Um, so uh, so I think I think there's always going to be an uh, an enhanced compliance cost you know to the space. That is the that is the reality. Yeah, and that's going to be the case, as far as I, as far as I can see, you know, forever. So, you know, it's for banks to really, you know, banks are taking the view, okay, a business has got an AML supervised license. So what? It's still going to be expensive, you know, for us to, you know, to, to service this market. There's still that residual risk that, you know, they could be involved in a sanctions bust or, a, you know, money to Iran or whatever. Uh, and I think they, they, they take the view, rightly or wrongly, you know, the marginal the marginal, you know, so revenue um, accrual to them versus the, you know, the, the downside doesn't add up. That's that's the reality. Mm-hmm. No, that makes perfect sense. Sorry, maybe. Uh, yeah, sorry, gone. Um, I was just going to roll into that. The letter that the FCA sent back in the summer of 2018 to all of the UK bank CEOs. I remember that. Yeah. First paragraph basically says, and I brought it up here. As evidence emerges of the scope of creative assets to be used for criminal purposes, I am writing regarding good practice for how banks handle the financial crime risk posed by these products. That's the first paragraph. So guess what? I'm the yeah. CEO of HSBC, and I read this and I think the risks are just too That's high. Like, to business. But, and just on that, I, I remember. I remember at the time, I, I I was well, I was frustrated a little bit because not a, not a month before uh, that letter was issued. Uh, the uh, Sandbox uh, team put their report out about blockchain innovation, mm-hmm. and they had a report at the banks for saying you're basically killing this. In, you're basically killing this market because you're not you're not giving them banking services. So on the one hand, the blockchain team was saying, "Come on, banks, sort yourself out." Mm-hmm. And then, not a month later, the FCA, another department, I guess, you wrote to banks warning them that this was a this was a risky space. Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of thing, frankly, is is poor because I mean it, it, it yeah you've got visions of the same regulator with a very different view. So I mean it doesn't, it doesn't really help. And I mean that that's not really changed. I mean I mean that I mean that that you know crypto equals equals money laundering in people's minds it, it hasn't hasn't really changed. And I mean you know you look at elliptics I mean I don't know if you if you read the elliptic and the chain analysis you know you know reports. Oh, yeah. You know, they reckon that like one percent of on-chain activity in bitcoins 
you know, to, you know, some got some links and money laundering or, you know, or illicit activity. That's not a lot. Um, you know, and, and even that's confined to the sort of high risk exchanges. So that's not a lot. And I mean, I, I bet you that, that, you know, fiat flows in the general you know, economy, it's more than 1%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, 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 it's partly perception and it's scary, but it's just because you know, banks, banks are being squeezed and it's hard to make money out of customers. I think it's, it's, it's economics as much as it is, you know, regulation. My, my, my personal fear is, and you touched on it before, of that, we obviously have cryptos global in nature, um, and lots of the folks that we talk about, talk to in the community, can easily, because they're dynamic and adaptable, can relocate in another jurisdiction and still sell their services to the U- UK customers. And I that, think some might. That's the catch-22, because the NDFCA have no jurisdiction. I think, I think that ship might have sailed, frankly. I think you know, just, it may happen. And the consumer harms are still going to happen. So it's it's sort of a catch-22 situation, what we're seeing. And, and I also wanted to touch on another jurisdiction, the USA. So, we, so we're three years since that letter in summer 2018, and we're no further forward, as you mentioned. But we'll, other jurisdictions, so in the US, we see the Silvergates, the Signature Banks, um, which are crypto-friendly, plus even the likes of the big Wall Street names, JP Morgan and Bank of America, banks and crypto exchanges now. It, we're falling behind here in the UK. We, we need some government intervention to help banks address what is, as you say, the risk perception and the PL, the, the incremental costs do not equal the downside risk. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we are. I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, across Europe, uh, you can count the, count the number of banks that, that support, support the space on the fingers of one hand, mm-hmm. literally. So yeah, and there's a lot. There's a lot of banks in the, yeah out, out there, and a very, very, very small number indeed are overtly friendly. You know, into the space. There really aren't that many at all. No. All right. Well, we can't um, have a discussion about uh, regulation without bringing up the Financial Action Task Force. FATAN recently um, released um, some additional guidance and a live public consultation. Um, on risk-based approach to virtual assets and virtual asset service providers. I'll just highlight a couple of the key changes and then, and then we can sort of get into to your view, um, Ollie, as to regards how you think that will impact the community and, and your clients. So decentralized exchanges have previously uh, been excluded as VASPs um, with the definition um, that a Adapt, decentralized app or software program is not a VASP in the FATF standard and definitions because they do not apply to software yeah. technology agnostic. However, we've seen a somewhat of a, an about turn here. Now, the new guidance states entities involved in the DAP may be VASPs. The owner, the operator, will likely fall into scope conducting exchange or transfer of virtual assets as a business. business on behalf of a customer, even if the community plays a role. So effectively, they've just turned around and said to all um, competent authorities, governments across the world, that if you're decentralized, just didn't scope. Um, there's a number of other things in there as well regarding non-hosted wallets and NFTs and stable coins, but that's sort of the big one. Can I ask you, do you have you had any discussions with colleagues and, and other folks in your community as to the view on this and, and how it will play out in time? Um, I mean, in the context of D, I mean, it's, it, I mean, this, this, I mean, we don't, we don't do, do a lot of work with, with decentralized exchanges per se. I mean, all, all, I mean, all our work is with, is with, you know, real, well, 
supply exchanges mm-hmm. that everyone we've kind of heard of or, or OTC desks. I mean, it, in terms of, I, mean, I think the biggest, I think the biggest issue here actually is is in in a in the true DeFi space. I'm not talking. I'm, I'm not talking about you know, uh, you know, platforms that 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 do crypto lending or borrowing per se. Yeah, I, I mean, like your true decentralized you know, finance um, platforms that are you know smart contract enabled, you know, your protocols, whatever. Um, there's a lot of money moving about uh, those. I mean, you know, you know, billions of dollars, mm-hmm. and some you know very very fat yields being you know being paid and being charged. Um, I think that's a really interesting space in terms of the kind of AML space. Uh, so I mean, once you've got, you know, once you've got your coin you know, from an exchange or whatever, you can basically stick it onto a, you know, onto a, onto one of these platforms, earn a very good yield, um, and, and it's really completely out of, you know, out of scope or scrutiny of, of of anyone, whether it's a corporate or a regulator. So I can I can understand the slight nervousness. Uh, and, and there's like issues that you know that arise there, um, but in terms of how you how you how you regulate them from an AML point of perspective, it's, it's actually really difficult because I mean, yes, there are there are people there are businesses that set these things up. They basically just set them up and just press the button, and they're live. Uh, and once they're live, they're live, and and the the, the actual intermediation of 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 of, of the of the launching kind of sponsor. It, you know, is zero. Um, again, it's easy to say. You know, these these entities are on our VASPs, the, you know, the the launches is decentralized products. But I mean, in reality, I mean they're not uh, because all they're doing is is setting up a protocol and saying, guys, if you want to use it, you know, there you go. Uh, and I mean, yes, they're, they're they're doing the tech and they're kind of you know, monitoring the you know, the plumbing, if you like, of the of the of, of the protocols. But um, they're not. They're not onboarding anyone, and, and and they're not really set up to do that. So, I I, I don't have an answer to, you know, to 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 what's going to happen. But I, I think you know, presenting that can that kind of concept to actual action is really hard because because also you know I mean who's you know where are you know, where are they you know I mean who's going to regulate them you know I mean because they're being used by anyone 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 and everyone. It's it's really I, I don't I don't have an answer to that question, but I, I think it'll be. I think it'll be very difficult to, without killing, you know, the whole the whole space. Very difficult to actually effectively enforce that you know, that kind of um, that kind of of, of 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 pronouncement. I think I think I think the answer is to make sure that you know, if if someone's coming from fiat fiat into into stablecoin, let's say, you know, to access DeFi, it's it's to really make sure that those gateways are are properly enforced, um, and I think there's you know there's you know, that framework open exists now, and it'll it'll be further strengthened. But that's the answer. But I think I think to expect to expect um, a sponsor of a DeFi product to become the VASP and become the you know to become the policeman of the protocol is not is right now is not realistic. Is my is my honest view. But I mean I, I could be wrong. Let's see. Well, um, my personal view is is bang, bang in line with that. Right now, it's hard enough for industry, and industry has done a lot of work already regarding travel rules for centralized exchanging. Um, there is no solution. There are some product solutions, technical solutions out there, but 
Um, they don't address everything. There's interoperability issues. There's the sunrise problem, which is one jurisdiction rolls it out, which we've seen in Switzerland and Singapore. Then do these VAS not send to non-compliant jurisdictions, such as the UK and the US? The US is doing its own thing. Is that going to work with Asia and Europe? And, mm. and so to, to roll into that, the decentralized finance world, which at this point in time is some 45 billion in total value locked in. That was 20 billion at the beginning of the year and half a billion at the beginning of 2020. So you graph this, the, the rate of growth is exponential. So it would be systematic and significant in uh, a short to medium period of time in the future. However, these problems are super, super difficult to solve. So we hope that the supranationals check carefully. And we talk regularly with um, HM Treasury and their illicit finance team regarding how the industry is solving for this. And we, we are that bridge between the community and, and the policymakers to ensure that we do get some sort of balanced and proportionate regulation around this before, as you mentioned, Ollie, it can really kill off innovation here in the UK. They can kill off innovation and it effectively drives it, it drives it underground. I mean, that's that's always the argument people make about regulation. Drive drives it underground. Yeah, you know, it actually really would. Because mm-hmm. I mean, these things are these things are not are not are not going away. Mm-hmm. Um and so I mean, I mean either you either you you know embrace it and try and and try and you know shape the direction of travel uh, in a way that that, that 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 achieves objectives around, you know. Whether it's tax evasion or you know, money laundering or you know whatever, or, or 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 you sort of pretend that you can somehow you know kill it, mm-hmm. and all you do is is, is create more problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the unintended consequences is something that policymakers need to be super aware of. Um, all right, well, thank you so much, Ollie. That's been a fantastic discussion. Thank you ever so much. If anybody wants. Okay. If anybody wants to reach out to, to you or anyone at BCB, how do they go about doing this? Uh, so they can contact um, info at bcbgroup.io, uh, um, which, which is a is a is a manned it's a manned channel for 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 you know, business inquiries or anything else. Uh, and I'm 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 on LinkedIn. Ollie's on LinkedIn. So reach out. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye bye. Great stuff. Cheers. Bye.